Hi, this is John Walton, voice of the Washington Capitals, and you're listening to GGR Pirate Radio. So, Russ Brown. Hiya. Let's talk to you a little bit. <laughs> sure. You're, you're the you're the you're the low man on the totem pole. You're the new guy. You're the one trying to make a good first impression here with all our uh, our seasoned veterans of podcasters here on GGR Pirate Radio. Listen here, I am always the low man on the totem pole. That is where I live. <laughs> <laughs> that's my secret. I'm always the low man on the totem pole. That's, that's my secret, Cap. <laughs> exactly. Um, so let me let me ask you here because. And I'm gonna let Steve do this because he's only got like 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 15 minutes left before he's gotta go. Um, <laughs> no, it's it is it is what it is, man. It's fine. It's it's this world that we live in. Or is the the common theme seems to be for most people that's quarantine, baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so give me give me a little background here, and then Steve, you can kind of just take the reins and, and run with this and 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 ask some questions here, especially because. I, I'm sure there's some stuff where you're like, hey, Russ, tell them about that time that we went to Denny's at two o'clock in the morning and you didn't have any pants on or something to that effect. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a lot of good stories like that. I mean, the way we met, um, it, it was one of those most college things ever. We just lived on the same floor of the dorm. Mm-hmm. That's it. Like, there's nothing there's nothing like there's no meet cute between me and Russ Brown. It's just that we were neighbors um, and, and we had. um you know, the same kind of group of friends kind of started forming around each other. Uh, there was a group on campus called Men's Leadership, um, and a lot of the different guys from there, we kind of all got plugged in. That that kind of became our group. And another person who was at the wedding, uh, Chris Chris Brown Critter, um, you know, he was kind of no uh, relation. <laughs> <laughs> but in fact, they look identical. Just kidding, they couldn't be more opposite. No. Um, but one of my one of my favorite things was. Um, I I still to this day uh, in a lot of just no brainer situations just call Russ DTRB or Downtown Russell Brown, uh, and that's a nickname he got because we would always kind of play uh, a bunch of pickup basketball in the gym like late in the evenings intramurals just a lot of basketball was played by me Russ and, and a bunch of other other friends and Russ just had this knack for firing up three pointers. <laughs> And three pointers that like had no business being ever taken. He was he was George had, he was George Costanza. He was a chucker. Okay. Yeah, he had, he had no business ever being taken, and no business making as many as that actually ended up going in. You know what I mean? Like it's the kind of stuff. And and, and I noticed this. Um, Russ has he has to have some kind of like ethereal like luck factor. I don't know what it is about Russ, but just being around this guy for as long as I have like. Don't play poker against him, because if he has a two-outer on the river, he's going to hit it. He's going to fire up a three-pointer that, you know, shot clock's at one second. He's got to fire it. It goes in. I, I don't know how he does it. He's just got this, like, little touch. He's got, you know, his finger on the thread of reality somehow that makes him lucky. But um, it would just be kind of those things that you're playing pickup basketball with Russ, and then he hits one of these weirdo shots, and you're like, God, that – downtown russell brown hits me again like there's nothing you can do about it and the best part would be like i would miss the previous nine but like the one you need to make that is the one i will make i'm a game player man i don't know and as any sports fan knows that's what a true shooter does you can't be he like kobe bryant style he's not deterred by the the amount that was missed previous to this it's all about taking that next shot and man when russ had hit those shots 
people would just lose their minds. I mean, it was so much fun. And that's just one of those things. His name just stuck. Um, and, and Russ just definitely um, one of the biggest things. And Russ, you, you'd probably agree. One of the biggest areas that me, you and our group of friends kind of bonded around was, you know, playing video games together. But most specifically Absolutely. Smash Brothers, mm-hmm. uh, LA on the on the GameCube. I, I distinctly remember, you know, just session after session after session of um you know some of the people taking it way too serious i if i remember correctly are you you were like yoshi and young link uh yoshi and ness typically i would typically be those two someone was young link oh i remember who it is and i'm not gonna bring that up on this podcast don't do it yeah don't do it (laughs) (laughs) but i was always like you know we were felt more like the dudes that were there just have fun you know Mm. and, and that's that's what i don't know i just remember Russ and you hear, I've already heard it on the podcast. Russ hasn't said too much. He's probably laughed as many times as he's said words. And that's just the kind of uh, guy that Russ is. He's a very happy go lucky guy. Um, he's uh, has a very infectious personality. Um, and that love of video games, I've mentioned a couple times on the podcast replay FX. He's the one who introduced me to that. And we still meet up for that every year. Unfortunately, except for this year, of course, but every year that they host it. Um, Screw the Rona, man. Screw the Rona. <laughs> yeah, it, it actually kind of inspired me thinking about you, though. I recently because um, I had um, built a, a, a retro pie, like a Raspberry Pi video game you know, emulator console. Oh, cool. uh, and I repurposed that Raspberry Pi into something else quite some time ago to make like a, a server in my house. Um, and I was like, oh, I got the itch to play old video games now because I just heard that Replay FX is canceled and I can't go hang out with my buddy Russ. All right, well, I, and I got I got all the parts shipped to me from Amazon and I built another one. I've been playing old video games the last couple of days with my wife. It's awesome. Nice. Oh, that's awesome. Art, Legends, all kinds of cool stuff. That is very, awesome. Very I, cool. Uh, I've, I will say the quarantine has been awesome for just gaming in general. I've been playing through a decent amount of my backlog uh, and it's been awesome. So that's for sure. But yeah, the, I, th- I echo everything Steve said. And then Steve and I have this really interesting history because there, there was that. And then we both got tapped to work at a summer camp together. And so then we got to see each other on a whole nother level. What do you, what do you guys, <laughs> like, what do you, what do you guys like a fucking sitcom? Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we, like we, we had like the men's leadership, like Teal group. That was the main series. And then it spun off into yeah. <laughs> the, the camp Kirkenwald spinoff, yeah. you know, the Bob Newhart kind of thing. Private practice in the Boston legal pretty much. That's, that's exactly. about the best way to describe <laughs> Daddy it. Crane. <laughs> Daddy Crane. <laughs> Good Lord. This is, and maybe this is why we haven't had friends on before because there's just so many inside <laughs> jokes. <laughs> no, but it's, it's, it's awesome. Like that, that's, this is also too, this is also worth noting as well that this is the first new contributor that we've had that's not been from the DC area. So this is the oh, first yeah. Pittsburgher that we've brought on. So like that's, Again, you know, like it's, don't judge it's, me. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's balancing the table here a little bit too, because mm. normally it's just like, hey, DC sports are doing good, and me and MC are yeah. just like, guess what, Steve, you're along for the ride. Like it's, <laughs> yeah. So if when sports actually, you know, happen again, if Pittsburgh has some some victories going here, then you guys can gush about that, and we'll just sit here and you know, eat our crow like we normally do as DC sports fans. I'll say Able it's only really been in the last what two years that DC sports has really done anything of note. So I mean. <laughs> Don't take those two years yeah. away from us, Brown. Yeah. 
you're still in the trial period of this GGR thing. Okay? As of right now, the Nationals are still World Series champions. <laughs> That's all I'll say about that. It's, it's, it's not wrong, right? <laughs> oh, man. So what I wanted to ask was, okay, so you guys met in college. Um, and then you had this weird, like, whirlwind relationship marriage thing where you guys went off to uh, summer camp together. Um, he's yeah. a sexy man. It's, he's hard He's hard out to follow. I mean, I tell you. Yeah, you know, no one understands him but his woman. Um, <laughs> so, Steve, I know you, you studied biology. Mm-hmm. Russ, what did, what did you study in college? Uh, so my undergrad, I did, I double majored in political science and psychology. And okay. I also, my, I also minored in music cause I, I was playing sax anyway. So I figured I'd throw that in there. Um, and then I actually also went to grad school, uh, Duquesne university and I picked up a master's in, uh, social and public policy. Damn dude. Like how did you have time to play video games? Uh, so that's the interesting <laughs> thing. Um, I played a lot more when I was younger. Um, and then what happened was when we got to like college and such, so Steve and that group, and there was another group, uh, with my friends, uh, Jake and John, uh, and then they introduced me to a bunch of people from Philadelphia and such. So I, I did, gaming kind of became more of a social thing for me. Uh, so a lot of the games I was playing, uh, Starcraft, uh, wow, um, league of legends, a lot of those kinds of games, uh, Hearthstone, uh, were, you know, you're playing with people and it became more of a social affair where like we get on and then like, you know, three hours, we do a raid night on wow, you know, and that's how I talk to my friends and then I, you know, whatever. So when I was in grad school, especially, uh, that was really how it happened. And then, you know, when you're on campus at Teal for undergrad, you know, with Steve and everybody else, like we'd be, you know, Smash Brothers. Uh, the other thing, and Steve will probably have many, many stories. Uh, Dance Dance Revolution is one thing I played a ton of. Uh, I was an RA for three years of my college time, and I would literally, when I would be on duty, that I would literally set up a pad, uh, and for anywhere from three to six hours in a night, depending on what, how, what my shift was, I would literally be playing Dance Dance Revolution in the middle of the uh, lobby area of the building. I would be sitting duty in and like people be coming in. I, I was the DDR guy. So, uh, <laughs> my way of staying in shape, I guess, but yeah, dancing became and, uh, gaming became like a social thing for me. And now that as I've, I continue to get older, um, I've gone back into a lot of the old school stuff I'm doing. Cause there's a lot of old school games that are being remade and being sequel to and whatnot. Um, so that's kind of, and dancing now has become more of my social hobby and such, which is kind of interesting how these things kind of change up, but like, it's all the same, but it's still kind of different. Yeah. That's one of the things that kind of blew me away. Like when we would go to replay FX together and stuff was like, you know, I remember DDR was this like, you know, dinky little pad, you know, that you would plug into your PlayStation two and now it's this whole like world of different things beyond. It's not even just DDR. There's like all these other ones and just watching Russ, you know, not just be able to play and, and dance on the, the various games, but like, no, like, like he said himself, it's a community. Like he knows, you know, people like he would see there, you know, just being plugged into that kind of realm. And I like, I never even thought about it. You just totally jogged my memory. Like we'd have those like Starcraft land parties, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, in the, in the, in the various areas and stuff. And like we mentioned smash brothers and stuff, but you are dead on, man. Like I, even growing up, I never liked to play video games unless I was playing with my brother. I never even thought mm-hmm. about, you know, you think about video games being an isolated nerdy. You're sitting by yourself doing things, but it really is. Like, yeah, it really wasn't. It, it, it really was like kind of formative in our friendship and, and our mm-hmm. group's friendship. 
See, I mean, you I had like exact... early arcades. Like that's that was. I mean, that's how gaming really got on the map. Is they created arcades, like whether it was at the malls or actual just flat out arcades. Like you know, more these days like Dave and Buster's and such. But like, you know, like pinball machines and like like a replay effects only smaller. And that's but people would go and you'd meet friends and like. I mean, I was an arcade rat growing up. Like that's you know, I had consoles and I played a lot of stuff. Um, you know, some of systems like the Sega Saturn and such, but like, you know, I'd also go to the mall and go to arcade and meet people there. Like, it's just, it really is a social thing. It's, it's funny that you guys said that gaming brought you together. Cause let me tell you, uh, me growing up gaming definitely divided some friendships real quickly. And, <laughs> um, Goldeneye was one of them. Oh, um, yeah. uh, Mario Kart was another one. Um, there's definitely like, there's, and it's still there at my dad's house in, in the basement. There's definitely a dent in the wall from when somebody threw an N64 controller against the wall because I beat them in, uh, I think it was like <laughs> NHL 98. Like they were talking so much shit and I was like, okay, well, why don't we play? And I was just schooling them and I was like, what's the matter? Like, I thought you said your goalie was a 99. Yeah, wait, hang on, pause. Hang on. Let me look. Yeah, no, he's a 99, but it's like five, two right now. What is going on? He got mad and he threw his controller and like, oh, <laughs> the best. <laughs> <laughs> maybe there were some me. of our, maybe, I'm, our maybe I'm an asshole so no no there were there were some in our group like steve and i are obviously we're, we're pretty chill about things but there was some in our group that definitely took it more seriously uh <laughs> i think steve knows a couple that i'm having mine, jordan but, i mean yeah, obviously you, yeah. <laughs> Duh. and that dude i mean legitimately you play fighting games against that kid he he knew his way around a fighting game oh, i mean yeah and, and i think we've all played against this person in your life when you come yeah Oh, what's this? A new Soul Calibur game? I've literally never played it before. I didn't know it yeah. came out. And they go, oh, cool. Here's a controller. And then they just proceed to ravish you for about 45 minutes while you're still yep. figuring out the controllers. Yeah. Um, that was that dude. Um, but he was, I mean, he was my roommate for a while. He was a nice enough guy and everything. And, and we had some good oh, yeah. time with him and stuff. We had a lot of fun playing. You know, he was part of those land parties playing StarCraft and stuff. We all passed around a burnt copy of the disc. But the... Um, <laughs> Nice. Yeah, the fighting games, I distinctly remember that was like his thing. He's like, yeah, I'm just going to master this extremely quickly and just slaughter anyone who comes near me. Dude, that's that's Ben Shaw. Um, He would he was incredibly good at anything Street Fighter, like no matter what. Like I could I could school him in like any sports games were always my thing. I could always kick people's ass in sports games. And I was pretty decent at um at like racing games for the most part but i mean that's i don't racing games are everybody's kind of okay at them you know nobody's amazing but ben had this street fighter instinct and he would just whoop my ass every single time and he's like hey let's play street fighter I don't, no ben i'm not playing with you come on come on man it'll be cool there's these new characters no i'm not playing no asshole i'm not playing with you because you're really good you beat the shit out of me i don't get any enjoyment out of this like yeah there that's like a subset of gamers is yep. fighting game people they're just yeah. like that's their thing man and they're just really really good at it i would say too that's morphed into very heavily into the call of duty halo like that i feel like that gamer has and has gone to the end madden i think too is another one on a slightly non-fps level i yeah. i find that some of the yeah. most competitive like i have to win this or i'm mad or i'm gonna throw controllers is that crowd and <laughs> hey if you're in that crowd go for it but like yeah that that was ever that was never really my thing for sure but i get it <laughs> yeah yeah no one, no one who's as happy as Russell Brown can get that competitive in a video game like that. You know what I mean? It's just, yeah. we were having too much fun with it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I just, I've thoroughly enjoyed, you know, getting to know Russell Brown um, as all of our listeners slash readers will as well. 
Um, he's a knowledgeable guy. He's a smart guy. He's a genuine guy. That's that's the best thing you can say about him. I mean, what you what you hear from him, and what you're going to read in his articles, um, you know, coming up. That's who the dude is. Uh, he he isn't. He, it's just who he is. Yeah, absolutely. I would 100% agree, especially since I'm his editor. That reading his articles that he writes, and and it's one of the things that I love. Like the people that write for GGR, you can hear in the words that they write the passion that they have for the thing that they're writing about. And it's like, I, I would take that any day over somebody who's technically proficient commas punctuation <laughs> like words sp- spelled correctly i don't give a shit about that dude boy am i glad to hear that <laughs> <laughs> i just what 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 is lacking in this world is people who care in, in my opinion and sure. cultivating a group of people who talk about the things that they care about is, is the most important thing for GGR and like not only that I never have to explain well I have I did once and it never happened again thank god but like I never have to explain what don't be a juice bag actually means like nobody's coming on and like starting like purposefully like inflammatory stuff on our pages and stuff like that or like writing articles about things like that so it's yeah I mean it's it's great man and Steve well I know you got to get going here man soon so if you want to go ahead and uh ask your last question before you take off yeah, Russ. So, I mean, what what's one of your like fondest memories of us in that group in in college? Oh man, that's pretty good. So, I, I actually was I was actually to tell a story of, of you and I. I, I yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll tell a quick one. It was actually so camp. So, we worked two years together at the summer camp at Kirkwall. The first year, then Steve skipped a year, and then he came back my third year for his second year. And that particular summer, the last. Uh, Harry Potter book had come out mm-hmm. and people were going nuts over again. I get it. I'm a nerd. I understand all these things, but I was never really a Harry Potter person, but I understood it. I, I'm you know, I was all for it. Uh, the, I think it was the fifth movie also came out that summer. So again, camp, we are very active people. We're always, when the weekends would come, we get 28 hours off a week. We would go out and try to, you know, do something, go, go kayaking, go climbing, go do something active in our time that we had together as a staff. Um, but then the Harry Potter book came out. And then that, that first weekend after that happened, literally everybody is sitting around the lodge reading Harry Potter. And I was sitting there. I'm like, okay, this is, I get it. Everybody, you know, I went and did my own thing, whatever. And then the next week, the movie came out. And then went to see the movie, and then went back. Everybody reread the book because they all read the book in the same day. And then the third, the next week came. Everybody wanted to go see the movie again, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> so we went and saw the Harry Potter movie again, and we came back. And again, everybody went back to reading the Harry Potter book again. And the next weekend came, and the exact same thing was going to happen. And I remember I went to Steve. I'm like, Steve, I can't do it another weekend. I Please, I don't want to be alone again doing this. Please see any other movie with me. I, just please. I don't care what. So we looked it up and Steve, because he's also a fantastic guy and a good guy, um, Live Free Die Hard was playing. So Steve and I went and saw Live Free Die Hard and we both really, really enjoyed the movie and got to get our, our EPKAs on for the for that. And it was like the first fun weekend of, of that week, those weekends of summer camps that I'd had in like a month because – 
everybody was just freaking all over Harry Potter for that point. So I, I've always been extremely uh, <laughs> grateful to Steve for that. I've never forgotten that. Cause I, I knew he wanted to also go ahead and read the book again and watch that other movie. But I remember he was just sort of like, oh, I can't leave Russ hanging. So that, <laughs> that was my sappy story with, with Steve and I. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, I still think about you every time I pop that Blu-ray into my uh, Blu-ray player, right? <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it, Steve. I appreciate it. Same here. <laughs> but I, I always remember that story. Um, as far as the group, um, I, I mean, I feel like we had uh, – there were a couple times that we had at the Men's Leadership House, there would be like 20 or 25 of us sometimes just around playing video games and especially like around like the Super Bowl and such. I, I, I always remember the Super Bowl yeah. parties and just the amount of food we would have and like we'd game before, we'd game after – um, all that stuff, like would just be a, a really good time. And we always just really good fellowship was always had, uh, in that house. It's too bad the house doesn't still exist on that campus. I think it's a, a loss to Teal, but, um, that's the stuff I always remember. Like fondly was just always being able to, you know, and it wasn't just Super Bowl, but like we did a lot of other things. Um, the other thing we would do, we, uh, we would do these runs, uh, these charity runs, yeah. uh, a rival, uh, football like game whenever we have a away game uh it was usually either grove city or westminster college because they were within and what we would do is you know none of us are we're marathon runners but we would like tag team out uh like you know we'd, we'd, we'd get uh, a couple cars and get everybody sacked up ahead of the miles and we'd all like literally the car would follow behind the person as they ran and like we'd get up early we'd get to, and we'd get to the game right around the time to start the game would start uh for you know whoever teal was playing whether it was westminster or grove city and i always remember like that those car rides uh and r doing the runs and all that kind of stuff were always super fun for me as well i'm not sure you know if steve would agree but uh, those are the kind of ones i remember a lot of i'm not a big fan of running but as far as runs <laughs> go that's definitely top of the list um and yeah man i would definitely say the same we especially the super bowl where the steelers beat the cardinals that mm -hmm. weekend was amazing. We we would go to the AV department and uh, we rented like a high def projector and like in like large speakers. Um, and then the school would allow like if you got a group of people to turn in like a, like their day's worth of like the points that you had to like spend to get into the cafeteria off their meal plan, they would send like basically like a like catered dinner like for that quantity of people like you could go pick it up. So instead of like you know, if you had 20 people, uh, instead of 20 people going to the cafeteria, you could have 20 people's worth of points spent at the cafeteria and they would send pans of like chicken tenders and hot dogs and burgers and drinks and stuff. And so we'd always have a huge Super Bowl party. But Russ is right. The actual like kind of the fun parts were like 2 a.m. the Saturday before and we're playing mm -hmm. Smash Brothers on a, you know, a 70 inch wall you know, that was projected on the wall with like speakers blaring and stuff. I mean, like some of those early hour times where it wasn't like, don't get me wrong. Steelers beating the Cardinals was pretty amazing. But like <laughs> some of like the, the quieter moments where it was just like a handful of us getting together. Like those are the moments where you're like, all right, well, we're not just like, you know, acquaintance now. Like we're, we're buddies now. Like this is this is a thing. This is this is official. Leveled up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know light light glows around me and russ you know there's a voice overhead you know that kind of thing <laughs> i gotcha yeah no yeah. it's understandable yeah absolutely that was so yuli mc and i went to um a play uh, a con called escape velocity right okay and mc was like dude <clears throat> we got to go to this restaurant right um crap what was it called oh Meze. Um, thank you he was like we got to go to this place and i was like eh, all right it looks okay and like i remember 
like we waited in line. I was like, man, I'm really hungry. This is like, can we just eat already? And like, we, we finally get our food, we eat and I sit down and like, you know how when you eat something and like, it's fresh, it's well-prepared, it tastes good. Like all of the, like all of the things you want from food and you just have that moment. You're just like all of my bitching and moaning and like everything else is great in the world right now. Like my legs hurt cause I'm walking all day. Nope. Don't care. Like, and I remember it was him and me, uh, him, Yuli and I, and we were just like, we had like the, like the, the, just the most, the chill, chillest time ever. It was like, we had this awesome day. We got to do this awesome event with like all of this crazy nerd shit. And like, not only was it crazy nerd shit, it was also like smart nerd shit. So there was a lot of STEM stuff there for kids. And oh, awesome. Yeah. And it was just like such a cool event. And they basically like let us come for free and they like gave us access to everybody. I mean, like it was just it was really it was a dope event. And like it was one of those things where it was like everything just clicked. It was just super cool. And like luckily we had somebody who had been to the uh, the that downtown waterfront area um, like on the other side of the river from D.C. because I had never been actually. And MC was like, no, 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 I got you. I'll show you where everything is. I'm leading the way. And I was like, sweet. <laughs> all right. Like it was. Yeah. A similar moment, uh, if you will. That's all awesome. well, like I can say. I mean, you, you guys are you are in for a treat because someone who's known this guy for 15 years. Uh, pray that you get 15 years uh, of time with this guy because you will get more than you give out of it. Wow. Thanks. Dear God, you're the man. Listen to this guy. It's like the nicest thing I've ever heard Steve (laughs) say about anybody. And like, you know, this is on his wedding anniversary, you know, like. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Amanda. (laughs) I'm taking him from you now. (laughs) Well, speaking of wedding anniversary, I am out of (laughs) here. All right, Steve, thank you. As always, my friend, we will catch you next week. Uh, Same bat time, same bat channel. Um, And MC and I. Uh, prepare yourself, Russ, as we start the Inquisition with Russ Brown. No, not really. Like it's <laughs> All right, Steve, have a good night, man. I think he jumped. Oh, he did. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so another cool thing that I and I mentioned this on the um I mentioned this on our group page. Um, I'm not a anime fan, really by any stretch. Like I've I've I will watch it, but for the most part I'm just not into the scene, and it's I have nothing against it. Um, I actually am a huge fan of Cowboy Bebop because when I was working when I was a manager for Blockbuster, I would get home because I was always the closing manager, and I would get home at like two o'clock in the morning, right? And Cartoon Adult Network, Swim. I guess yep. it wasn't even yep. yeah, it was uh-huh. Adult Swim slash um, Toonami would play Cowboy Bebop and it was just like the most captivating show ever. Cause it was like, Oh, this is this cute little Corgi dog. Oh, that's adorable. Wait, no, apparently I'm, he's like a, he's like an I'm organic. The, oh yeah. He, he's like yes. an organic USB drive. He's a data dog. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, this is the coolest shit ever. And it was just a really enjoyable show. And like, I always wanted to get into it more, um, than I actually did. But like MC Russ, um, Chelsea, like we're, we're gaining more people who are actually anime fans, not people who are like, Oh, you know, anime is cool. But then like, they've got nothing to contribute to the conversation. <laughs> like, like actual fans, you guys are actual fans of the genre. Like you, you and uh, MC still game. I don't anymore. Um, so like we're adding these like extra circles to our awesome Venn diagram of nerdy shit where we all cross over. And like, I want to kind of hand the mic to MC here and you guys kind of talk about anime and video games a little bit. You're not off the hook though, Russ, 
we're still going to need to know your top five bands because that is like an initiation thing. We got to yeah. talk about bands <laughs> and then judge you harshly for them. Sure. Okay. Um, fun fact though, that you mentioned Cowboy Bebop. So I told you I was working on another article. That is actually the one I'm working on because Bebop is literally one of my all time favorite, not just animes, but of anything. Like I just love that series and what it means and all so that. So good. Look, forward to, look forward to that article coming soon. I'm working. That's the other one I'm working on. I am. So I did good. see your, I did see your Ori one that you sent me. I just haven't gotten a chance to work on it yet. So nah, no worries. Yeah. It's so good. But, but that ending. Yeah. See you, Space Cowboy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I actually had a friend get mad at me recently because I didn't warn her about how Cowboy Bebop ends. And I'll be honest, I, I didn't even completely remember because it it's been probably like 13, 15 years since I've actually fully watched it. Mm-hmm. And then she told me, and I'm like, oh, <clears throat> man, heart feels all over again. It's, it's, it's just such a well-put-together show. And then listening to the creators talk about cowboy bebop is it, they literally were trying kind of like when people were creating jazz and again there's yeah. a lot of music influences which again is something i love right. anything with i'm a big music guy so um when they when they when you listen to the creators talk about that show they were really trying like jazz to create something fresh new interesting and i mean even today i mean that show i mean it was probably in the what, 90s or something like that and the animation still absolutely holds up the storyline still holds i mean that is the standard by which i think all anime should be judged by and honestly a lot of media can be judged by and honestly uh, it's a space western so like if, if yeah. you didn't know what was going to happen at the end as far as like that stuff was concerned eh, it's a, gotta watch some more yeah. western. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah that that and, and animes do a really good job in general of just character development because they do it over such a long period of time more so than i think even like long-running like serials and series and such can can do because they end up getting bogged down in a lot of other different things i think but like animes really do a good job of focusing on uh character and then characters Uh, a lot of these big ensemble ones like you know the naruto series bleach um where you really begin to feel for and relate to in different ways uh, these characters that have very different experiences from you know yourself or myself or anything like that. Um, but I think they just write them so well. And a lot, you know, a lot of times, you know, the, the Japanese humor, especially some of that, doesn't always land for American audiences or even probably in yeah. Japanese audiences. But um, just the way that they write characters, the the, the depth that they give them and you really kind of get to understand them at a level that you don't get to in a lot of other media. And that's something I've always really appreciated about, um, anime. plus of course, you know, sword fights and gunfights are awesome. So. <laughs> Absolutely. I've, I've actually told, I've, I've actually mentioned this to, to Mike before and to others, like a series, like you can look at a series like, uh, like my hero academia. If you look mm-hmm. at like that, that season three, have you, have you seen it? Uh, no, I, I saw the first half of season one. It's been, but yeah, I, just fell off for me like, like yeah. many things oh. yeah well i was gonna say and i won't spoil it but like season three really kind of does it does it for you because i mean you you guys you obviously know at least two of the main protagonists from it uh mm-hmm. midoriya and bakugo right yeah. season three for me is one of the one of the best anime uh series of uh, um excuse me um uh, why, why am I blanking? Wow, it's one of the best anime. Uh, why can't I think of what it's called? It's called it. Seasons. Okay, yeah, sorry, blanking. Um, okay. It's one of the best anime seasons of 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 anything I've ever seen because wow. there's this 
overriding storyline that you kind of don't really like you don't really notice it to the end and the the way that they use Midoriya and Bakugo over the course of the season they make some like it it really speaks to a lot it really speaks a lot to how we handle um teenage mental health and mm-hmm. it really doesn't come together until you spoiler alert a little bit here uh okay. so there's a there's a fight scene between Midoriya and Bakugo that 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 gets that uh happens towards the end and all might ends up saying this line um this line where because you know he um he he's like kind of always watching over midoriya right um and he kind of says this line to where he he kind of acknowledges that like the reason bakugo is the way he is over the course of season three is largely because all of the adults around him failed him damn and and he he had to see and he had to take full. He had to take responsibility. Like he took responsibility for the fact that this, this like uh, this fight that was happening that had kind of been building up over the course of the season was taking place. And 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 like it was just a really powerful thing. And it was it was really unexpected because I couldn't really think of any other media that I've seen in in all of my years of watching not only just anime but TV in general where where I can see where I can see a moment where you have adults or an adult character like taking responsibility for someone who he's, he's not he's not evil but he's not he, he's not like the best guy either yeah, and, and, and taking Very responsibility misguided. for like why he is like the way he is why he's acting out the way he has over the course of the entire show and like it's stuff like that that I felt like like you said like anime is really powerful because you don't always get moments like that just throughout media for sure. It's, it's, it's way more fleshed out. I think that's the thing that like, you know, you watch a serial, like you, you watch a serial and you might, you might get that out of one character, but I think right. the thing with anime is you get that out of a lot of the characters, not, maybe not all of them, but you get them out of, like, especially the ensemble ones, you get a lot out of those characters and the backstory and what they're, and what they're going through. Um, especially, and I, I think animes do a really good job of coming of age stories. Uh, one oh, that yeah. I think of is, uh, have you ever seen Hikaru Nogo? No, I'm familiar. Good. Uh, basically, the the board game Go, um, and that's kind of the the framework for the series. But literally, this uh, again, I'm not giving away anything because this is all the first this part of the first episode. But like, uh, basically, this kid who's you know kind of coming into these preteen years, it basically gets possessed, uh, or not possessed, but like he kind of gets. Uh, a, a spirit who was like a go master of the past uh, to become like a part of like who he is and like only he can see and hear him and all this stuff. And um, they create the story where like he goes from being this like aimless kid. And then by the end of the series, like he really grows up and goes through like a lot of different um trials and tribulations in this in this whole thing because a he's dealing with this really supernatural uh, occurrence that's happening but he's also like at, at one point again not, uh, giving a little bit away here but at one point the spirit is not around anymore and then he has to figure out like what he's doing without the spirit is this actually the the path he's on is it where he wants to go is it what he's actually bred for is it it's just they do a really good job of just telling a story and then using you know the, an actual board game that is you know, been around for thousands of years to like also kind of show growth and such and show friendship, show rivalry, show uh, how someone can really come of age in a, a very different way they can come of age uh, in in a world like that. And again, you know, because it's anime and such, there is some <laughs> there's supernatural, there's magic, you know, all, all there's, there, it depends on the anime, but there is some bending of reality that, of course, has to happen 
that serves typically as a device to tell the story. But I, it just it, there, so many animators are so effective at doing that stuff. Well, let me ask you guys too, because like with something like anime, because there's such a culture around it. And there there are some that like I mean, I feel like Pokemon is a perfect example of one that pretty much anybody could just pick up and watch. Sure. And like, yeah. it's 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 not. Japanese culture is vastly different than American <laughs> culture. Yes. And it's it, so much so that like the people who like anime, who really like anime, not only just like, oh, I like this character because it's a cool action story or, you know, I like Dragon Ball Z because you know, there's a bunch of dudes flying around that can shoot fireballs and like have superpowers. Like there's a whole thing around it. They understand all of the interest uh, intricacies of it where it's like, Oh, well he mentioned this because in Japanese culture, actually like when you die, it means this. And like, yeah, it just blows me away. Like that. It's not yeah. just, this isn't like, Oh, I'm into comic book movies. Like this is, this is a whole cultural thing because you can pick up, you can watch captain America, the first uh, Avenger without knowing anything about him. And you're, and you're perfectly fine. But, like, to understand a lot of anime, you really have to know a lot about the culture. Is that something that you guys both, like, really researched? Or, like, because uh, I'm just curious, like, uh, as I would consider myself an outsider on this one, like, is it something you just kind of pick up over time? Or is it something that you just don't really, like, even care? Where so it's not a big deal? In my experience, when people don't get an anime, so. There is a lot in the pretty much every anime I've ever watched. The first episode or two usually does a lot with world building because right. every time you're 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 getting and I know a lot of people and sometimes it takes several episodes, sometimes even a full season of an episode, a season of episodes uh, for the longer running ones to really get you into like what is going on around you and like what the world is like, you know, what are the rules of the world and setting these establishing these things and then who are the characters that are inhabiting this world. And I feel like a lot, a lot of people that I've come experience that don't get into it as much, you know, a, you know, it is, it is, you know, drawn. So like a lot of people don't take, you know, adult cartoons in general are not yeah. something that a lot of people will ever get into just True. because that's yeah. just, yeah. Oh, is this, this is for kids. It's a cartoon. Like it's, you know, there's a lot of good media that's not, you know, that's, that is drawn and not live action that you, probably better than a lot of things they're watching, but it just, there's that stigma around it. So you already are fighting against that, especially in American culture. Um, but in addition to that, there is this thing of world building that it's, it's difficult. Like Cowboy Bebop is very accessible for people because it is still a very, it, it is a Western in that sense. It is yeah. a space Western. So people yeah. can kind of, and, and honestly, the, the dub of Cowboy Bebop is actually pretty stellar. The other thing I think that gets people a little off with anime is you're also reading, you know, it's the dubs a lot of times are not very well done uh, or, you know, the, the, the voices and such are just people can't get into it and yeah. they don't want to watch it uh, subtitled subs uh, because, you know, people don't want to sit there and read and try to watch. And, you know, for some people, that's just are really they just don't want to do that. They, 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 they want to yeah. consume media and not yeah. get into, that. In my experience, at least, that's what I've seen uh, from people. So. Yeah. So when you're trying to world build and you're trying to read subtitles and you're trying to figure out who these characters are and what they're doing, I think it's it can be a high bar of entry, um, especially when you have to watch these first couple episodes to understand anything that happens beyond it. Like it's not something, you know, I somebody can come in and watch Black Panther, for instance, and not seen the previous what 14 or 15 Marvel films 
and be able to follow along and, and kind of get idea what's going on. Yeah, there yeah. are some things you don't know that, that some references to things that are happening around it that you might not pick up. But overall, you can enjoy the movie never having to watch anything else Marvel and still enjoy yeah. it. I guess the yeah. the only correlation you can make is like, OK, let, let's take somebody who has one doesn't know anything about World War Two, two doesn't know anything about American culture. And you put them in, we'll use Captain America, the first Avenger again as an example. Like, I could see where you could be kind of lost in that. Sure, like, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, like, it's, I guess that's the best way to describe it. But at the same time, too, like, I feel like, like you said, it's that in, that entry level, they do kind of explain it. And they, okay, so that's good to know. Yeah. But, like, you, you feel like the, the whole thing, that the fact that it's animated is a hurdle as well, especially in America. Because I feel like, the, for sure. agreed. Yeah, Hell, for I didn't sure. watch... I didn't watch the uh, Star Wars, the Clone Wars for a long time because I was like, it's on Cartoon Network. This isn't really Star Wars. Right. And like <laughs> I went back and you know, completely changed my mind on that one because it's, it's a, it was a, an amazing series. Really, really well done series. Well, and you can do things in animation and, you know, whatever you want to call it, like 3D and such that you just can't do in real life. And you can right. like you can die. Like, let's say you want to get into the psyche of somebody. You can go in and have them face a mirror of themselves in, in animation and have them, you know, different person voice it, whatever, and have this back and forth. Hear their inner monologue. Do the things right. that you typically yep. like. It'd be really weird. Like you're watching. I don't know if you guys have watched The Mentalist, one of my favorite um, uh, serials that was on in the last probably decade or decade and a half. Um really good serial uh, crime show basically, but they really do a good job of delving into the main character in that. But like, it'd be really weird in a series like that. Like Patrick Chan is the main character. And if he stopped in the middle of what he was doing and he had an inner monologue, wouldn't work. It's just not something you can do in live action, but like an anime and any animation. And I think another good, you know, more Pixar, more kid friendly, but like inside out did a really good job of that. Like having this like inner, <laughs> helping people deal with these different parts of their personality and their emotions and to, um, that's kind of the best way I can think of to describe it. probably more people that are not anime fans have seen some, a movie like Inside Out to like, that's kind of what you can do in those, in that realm in that type of um, yeah. show yeah. that you can actually like really see what they're thinking and where, where their men's at, where their head's at, what, you know, why they're making the decisions they're making, you know, why it makes sense or why it doesn't make sense. I, I think there's, th that's where it really gets interesting. But yeah, yeah. I think, in American culture, like, you know, when people think of cartoons, they think of like, okay, Bugs Bunny, something funny, something for kids yeah. or like family guy, you know, Rick and Morty, something like that, which not the same thing, but you know, a lot of people like, they think anime is going to be either that or, you know, there's obviously the hentai side of yeah. anime, which, you know, that's, <laughs> so, all right, I, you know, I get Look, it. Whether I, that's it's, not yeah. for me, myself, that's not for me either, but like, whether it's anime or whether it's just standard cartoons or whether it's any television or any media, they're, there's gonna be a porn version of it, okay? Like we've yeah, rule thirty four. <laughs> yeah. Rule thirty four. Rule thirty four. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, it's a thing. Um, can I piggyback off of uh off of that? Go for it. Yeah, sorry, I've been dominating. <laughs> no, uh, you're you, no, you're fine. Um, I, I did want to touch on uh, one point that you mentioned about the dubs too. Um, a lot, a, a lot, a lot of time we get missed with dubs too. Is a lot of the the new the nuance and it, like stuff doesn't always translate, and True. you it, it, stuff doesn't not only does stuff uh, not only translate but sometimes dubs can completely rewrite things and completely change the context of, of things that can make a scene be totally different than how it's presented. Uh, Absolutely, uh, if you, if, Mike, if you remember a few 
about like a week week or two ago, I was telling you about how like the the uh, the original '90s version of Sailor Moon, like they completely Americanized like the yeah. entire thing and like scrubbed any piece of Japanese culture from it. And it, it, there were even certain episodes that focused on uh, certain things that are very specific to Japanese culture that they they just refused to air those episodes here because they wanted to make it family friendly and and just change it. And so the original '90s version of Sailor Moon, like it. it I like it, but like, it can I can understand if people were to watch it and feel like, yo, this is kind of goofy. <laughs> this is <laughs> like why why like why why would I watch this? Uh, Serena, not Usagi, which is her real name, but Serena whines too much and all of this and all of that. And in rewatching Sailor Moon and watching Sailor Moon Crystal, which you know uh, more closely follows the manga and the original vision of the character, like everything about it is so very different than what I watched on Toonami in the early two thousands when Sailor Moon used to come on. So it, it, I like I stuff like that. I feel like can turn, can turn people off because they don't really know what they're watching and it can come off really weird and goofy because it's not with the, it's not exactly what the original creator intended and to answer your original question mike for for me um i've read a lot of manga when i was younger and so i picked up on a lot of stuff about japanese culture just from that because manga a lot of times goes into even more deep detail than the anime will and uh at least with this this the stuff that i own they used to have like asterisks uh when they would say certain things to explain like what a specific word that, that that was used that I might not understand or, or explain like what a particular uh, celebration is supposed to signify that isn't maybe something that we celebrate here. And so like, because I read all of that, not only with just individual manga chapters, but with Shonen Jump, which was like, if you were into anime and manga at any point, you probably read a Shonen Jump at some point in the, in the 2000s. Because that was pretty much your introduction into stuff like Naruto and, and Bleach and uh, Inuyasha, uh, Dragon Ball Z. I mean, uh, uh, My Hero Academia. Like you, you name the show, it, it probably premiered and made a fan a fan out of you before the show debuted, or at least kind of uh, gave you somewhere to go to read more about the show, uh, read about the characters that you got introduced to from the show. So manga for me was was my big kind of introduction into learning about all of this stuff that took place in the culture that I was really unfamiliar with. Mm -hmm. For sure. And to piggyback off your last point, I think uh, the, the point you made earlier about just the dubs really ruining things. Uh, a lot of people in our age bracket, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure how old you are, but I, I'm 32. 32. <laughs> okay, so yeah, yeah we're, we're about, yeah. I, I kind of figured we're about the same age, but I didn't want to assume. Um, a lot of us got introduced when we were younger to like the Pokemon, the Yu-Gi-Oh, yeah, yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. And a lot of the stuff was dubbed over by four kids. And they oh, really... Uh... I, they really, you know, uh, they, they, you know, <laughs> same with Dragon Ball Z. They really messed up a lot of the uh, what the original meanings of the shows and such were really trying to get at. And honestly, like that stuff even happened. Americanization of things is really weird too. Like I actually play the card game Yu Gi Oh too. Um, like there, there, you know, there are cards that they would literally change up what the card would look like because you couldn't yeah. have a card for a so kid's 
card game. Like there was one character, uh, there was one card, Don Zalug. He would have a, uh, it's this like army guy with like the, uh, the you know how like Rambo with Rambo or and then would have like the the cross bullet like vest thing the and bandoliers, like, yeah. Thing. Yeah, yeah yeah like so that you could pull like ammo into it so like that was not okay apparently in America so when they ported that card over in the yeah, TCG we're, was, so anti, you know, we're so anti we're so anti violence right? here you know yeah they yeah. <laughs> removed all that and gave him two swords on the card. So, like, if you look at the Japanese version of the card picture and the Americanized version of the card, the card looks mostly the same, but, like, you'll notice in the Japanese version he has a gun, and in the American version he has knives. And it's like, well, wait a minute, this is like a commando. This is so <laughs> it, the, the, a lot of things that, for some reason, just did not port very well. Um, you know, these, I think it's a lot, you know, media today is so much better with the Internet, much more prevalent than it was. But, like, you know, Pokemon and a lot of those things that were more, they really kidified them even more than they already were. And they yeah. got rid of a lot of the things that were, you know, questionable and whatnot. And I think that's for another reason why people have kind of not gravitated as much towards some animes. Because I think yeah. from our age bracket, the people remember that stuff. And like, oh, that was for kids. Oh, that was stupid. Like, Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you really want to see, for anyone who's curious about this, too. The uh, really good show to look at this is the different dubs is Dragon Ball Z. Like compare like us the same scene done in the ocean dub in the regular dub that we all know, and then like there's some really funny ones. I call it, the one called I call it the Big Green dub. I think it was from uh, Thailand or something like that, and just exact same scene, exact same animation, and you watch this in like five different dubs, and you'll get a completely different sense of like is this serious? Is this funny? Is this ridiculous? Is this there's some YouTube videos out there too. I highly recommend, but just just look at the different dubs and just see like how how different like an interpretation of something that's even art. I mean, you can talk about interpretations of books all you want, but like even something that's literally written and drawn uh, and the dialogue is you know very very similar. How different things can be taken just because it's dubbed incorrectly or dubbed weird. Yep. So it sounds like you're saying that you're you're more of a sub than a dub person. Yeah. Um, if dubs are done well, like I said, I actually prefer like Cowboy Bebop is a great example. I actually prefer the uh the dubbed version because they get, they nail the characters, they nail the voices, they are what I would expect them to sound like. Uh, but overall, yeah, and uh, you know, yeah. and the the main the main uh dub you hear of like Dragon Ball Z and such nowadays, like you know Chris Sabat and those guys doing um you know Vegeta and Goku, like they are how I expect them to sound. Like those are fine. But like they're, overall, yes, uh, subtitles yeah. are way better because again, that is how the voices and everything you're hearing. That is how they're supposed to sound. That is what the original creators wanted these people to sound like and look like, and uh, what their dialogue was supposed to be. So, if you really want to get a true essence of the show, that's what you really want to look for. for yeah, sure. yeah. I, I, I would also say too, like it also, I would say it depends also because like I, I think dubs in like the last ten years have gotten infinitely better oh, for than sure. like it than like anything from like the the mid to late nineties or even early two thousands. So like I would for some for some like Dragon Ball Z, yeah, I would absolutely I mean I don't really I don't I didn't like Goku's original voice actors. We it was just uh, was not a big fan. <laughs> um <laughs> so like I would make an exception for like for that for me. But uh I mean but for for the most part it's like a if you're gonna watch something older it's probably better to go with the sub. It's probably going to get it better. It's probably going to get the uh, the context of everything better. You're going to get a better grasp of the story and the dialogue and everything. But anything perhaps released in the last couple years, I was not to say that everything is, has been great, but it's a lot better than the stuff that we that you used to get. Like subs versus dubs before used to not really be an argument because 
the dub versions were probably really bad. The voice actors yeah. that they were get would be really, really bad. And so if you were watching the dub, it was only because it was the only thing available or you just did not care. <laughs> but at least in recent years, you can, you can, there's a legit argument that's that, uh, you know, it's a, it's a pick your preference. You know, yeah. so sometimes it can be, it can be just as good. Sometimes it can be not quite as good. Like I, I an example for my hero academia, uh, this past season, we had uh, where where Midoriya kind of gets his o ish moment, and the Japanese the Japanese voice actor really kind of nails he really nails that like that emotion that that Midori is feeling. Like, you can you can feel the rage as he's saying it. The guy who does his English voice didn't really nail that scene at all. Like mm-hmm. he was yelling, but you didn't feel like you didn't feel like the like it was like it was going through. I I, yeah. I, I, I yeah I would agree. Yeah, I can see where where you're talking about. I, I haven't seen that again. I haven't seen that far into my hero academia, but uh, but I, I know what you're saying 100. Like if they don't get the actor right in the dub, it does make a huge difference. But like you know they're getting it right in the sub versions because again these are the people that actually you know created the content so um that it's a much much higher likelihood that you're going to get the right feeling from it even if you don't understand the language you know you can at least you can understand like tone of voice and that kind of stuff i think it's important absolutely is, is so, my hero academia kind of like your favorite anime just like sorry to, not to cut it but oh uh, no, well it's 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 one of them it, it's um because i i've been kind of slacking on my anime watching in recent years but it was the it was one of those it was one of the shows that kind of when I first started watching, it was I think the first three seasons were already out when I when I started watching, mm-hmm. and I kind of really related to Midoriya and like kind of the the more I watched, the more I got into it. Um, I wouldn't say it's my favorite. I've 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 I've, been, I've watched like probably like fifteen different series in the last two months oh, wow. <laughs> that I've been home. <laughs> that I've been home. I've been really going hard on the on the binging. Um, but it's definitely up there. Like I'm, I'm definitely, uh, I'm definitely a, a fan. I was definitely, you know, checking Crunchyroll every Saturday for the past <laughs> couple months to, uh, to, to catch the new episodes when they dropped. So it's definitely one of my favorites for sure. Very cool. So what I want to do here, because we are, we are running out of time, unfortunately. Um, I do want to touch on real quick you're i mean we steve has mentioned it and like we've talked about it like throughout you're you're big gamer like a lot of times you're gonna see most of your articles are about gaming like that's most i would say the good chunk of it other than the star trek stuff that you did for star trek picard which was awesome by the way thank you yeah of course um i do want to get into the music thing like you said you're a big music guy so so are all of us this is why it made so much sense for you to be part of the GGR family was that like, we're all on the same page here. Um, You can, you can do it top five style. You can do just whatever ones you want to talk about. If you want to start with five, what you'll do is you'll bring it up and then we'll harshly judge you. Um, And then we'll go on to the next one. Um, Yeah. Just whenever you're ready, man. Like we want to, we want to hear this. This is, this is the initiation part. Okay. So let me ask a question. So they have to be full out of band or can they like a solo artist? No, just any, any musician is fine. It does not have to be a band. It's like your favorite musical act of some sort. Fair enough. All right. So number one all time to this day. And I'm actually very sad because they're, they were actually supposed to have a concert in Pittsburgh tonight. uh, But less than Jake. Absolutely. Best all time favorite band. 
going with ska. Good call. Yeah. yeah. They were MC, about... MC yeah, and I talked about how we went to a uh, a show. Like, we didn't even know each other. It was years before we met each other. But we were both at the same show mm-hmm. at the same time. And it was like this weird, like, amalgam of, like, rock bands. There was Less Than Jake was there. Snoop Dogg was there. Yeah, it was Project the Revolution. Project it was Revolution. The, oh, I remember that. Forward. I remember that being a yeah. thing. Yes. I it was go. the weirdest concert ever, but it was yeah. fucking dope, dude. Like, <laughs> Lincoln Park, yeah. Horn, Less Than Jake, The Used. Yeah. That was the main stage. Uh, I don't remember so. anyone from the second stage other than No Warning and some other groups. I'd have to look it up, but like it was it was a dope show. But yeah, that's a that's a good choice, man. Like Sky, yeah, is, I love them. And it, yeah. the really thing, like I will say, I won't get into this detail with all of them, but Less Than Jake is one of those bands that they have somehow managed to release an album around the time a major life change has happened for me, and that album would just sort of personify what I was going through at that moment, how I was feeling. Like they have kind of grown up as I've grown up, and that's just been a really interesting thing and again i grew up playing saxophone and all that stuff so already a skull was going to be something i was going to like but i was and i was you know definitely an alternative punk rock kind of guy so like it's just scott definitely fits but yeah lesson jake has just kind of always been there uh, i've gone to see pretty, almost every concert in the last like 10 years every concert's been in pittsburgh i've gone uh and they just put on even today like so they've been touring for over 20 years and they, they have the highest energy shows like you will ever see like they i mean people are jumping around sweating just absolutely going after it and it's just amazing i love listening to them very cool give us give us your next your next band that you got man so same genre i'll say because these guys are like one and like one and one a uh but real big fish um (laughs) definitely another one of those bands again super fun live uh, big Scott Punk guy, so they're they're definitely number two uh, for things I listen to. And actually, just came out with an album recently uh, that was ex- uh, very well done. It's called Life Sucks, Let's, Let's Dance. <laughs> Highly recommend picking it up, uh, and especially these times. It's just absolutely perfect uh, soundtrack for the world right now. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, there are some really good really good songs on there. So let um, me let me ask you real quick here because you mentioned that you you, you played the saxophone. Mm-hmm. Um, did that influence your your love of ska? I definitely yeah for sure because I remember there were a couple songs um, that I'd figure out. Uh, there was a group, uh, more local band called the Distorted Penguins, uh, in Pittsburgh area. While uh, when I was going through high school, and they had a song. How again? Check it out called Sexy Lexi. I remember I, I remember listening to that song, and it was. I, I, I can to this day still play the entire I can play the entire song on my saxophone and the sax part and the vocals and all that stuff. I can still play the whole thing and it just has a sound that like just I ska music the best way to describe it for anyone anyone who hasn't listened to these bands or doesn't know the genre very well ska is, is a way of being absolutely energized happy as you can but when you listen to the lyrics they are dour sad whatever so it's all about just making the best of just bad situations is the best way to describe ska music like you will listen to a real big fish talk about how they're literally selling out and be like giving up on the dreams that they've had to sell out for music but like it's a really happy song like (laughs) yeah it's it's upbeat tragedy yeah yes (laughs) which which hang on I gotta pull up the list of band names because that's going on the list. I, I was just about to say that. Band names? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? Oh, we get to initiate him in this. This is gonna be fun. So, Russ, yeah. since since the early days of GGR, whenever we say something and we're artful with the words that we say, and it has a flow that sounds like it would make a good band name, we add it to the list of fake band names. So, uh, that was upbeat tragedy. All right, let me go ah, okay. So, for instance. 
Uh, let's go through the list. Some of the ones that we've come up with lately. Um, Frasier in a powdered wig. Uh, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh, this one came from work because I work with uh, insurance. Uh, Death Trap Trampoline. Um, this one came from watching Star Trek uh, Picard. Uh, Uncanny Valley. Um, I've got another one, City of Synths. Uh, the Space Orchids. Uh, oh, and- the Space Orchids is a really good one. Android Mind Meld. Um, I have to give my son. I have to give my son credit for this one because he came up with this one. Uh, Hot Fudge Car Wash. Ooh, that's another good one. Right, very good one for your son. Oh yeah, no, it's good, man. Um, let's see, Ghost Murder Spree. Ooh. Uh, overlapping Sacophony. Wow, I'm loving these. These are great yeah. band names. Uh, this is one of my favorite. Cartoon Cake and the Porn Orgies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This one okay. is a this one is a, a Back to the Future reference. It's actually a Back to the Future two reference because the, there's the theory that Marty actually died in that tunnel like like nine or ten times uh, because Doc Brown had to keep going back in time like to save him when like Biff runs him over. Um, it's uh, <laughs> I like called that That's actually it's cool. called ten it's called ten dead Martys. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome too. Yeah, oh, so like I'm loving this. There's there's a super long list and like it, it's whenever we come up with something we add that to the to the list of band names and like it's it, it's it's just kind of a fun game that we play and um yeah so now we have another one upbeat tragedy there we go, there go. so we've we're, we've been pretty solid ska here so far sure. um I'll, I'll switch it up right now for this one um okay. huge and even when he was not as popular and I know this is this can be a controversial pick but huge Michael Jackson fan. Um, I'll always really appreciate his music and his, I mean, his discography is just incredible. His dancing, all that kind of stuff. Um, very big fan of his music. So yeah, again, that, that could be a, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're not going to, we're not going to get into the social commentary on it at all. We'll just, just yeah, for the not sake condoning. Of music, music not the, yeah, no, I get it. We'll just I get leave you. it at that. Yeah, exactly. We'll leave, we'll leave that one go. Um, let's see. Yeah. Uh, probably more on the, uh, Harder. I'll go a whole nother direction. Uh, the hip hop violinist Lindsay Sterling. She's definitely up in my top oh. five as well. Love her her music. I've I've been following her really since she's uh, really since she started on YouTube, and uh, she's really made it big. And I I knew like she was eventually it was gonna get get big for what she can do. I don't know many people that can dance like she does and, and literally play violin like amazingly well. <laughs> and her shows and videos and such are really interesting. Super creative. Um, and then the fifth one, I've really kind of really gone back and forth on like what would be like my like a top five. And I think the number five spot can like switch up uh, as you go. But I've actually been uh, really liking the Breaking Benjamin as far as like a more like rock alternative side of things. Um, they have I've been a couple of their shows and they've done I mean, they really well put together shows and obviously a lot bigger than the stuff I typically go to. Um, very much enjoy their uh, um, discography as well. Yeah, no, they're they're a good band, man. And like, I have I had a couple of their CDs at one point, but I mean, who who the hell knows where my CDs are now? Because nobody listens to those anymore. <laughs> Everything's digital. I always have a couple in my car just in case. But uh, yeah, I have, I have I have one stuck in my CD player and I can't get it out. Um, coincidentally enough, MC, it's uh, Seds CD that he gave me. Um, <laughs> the battle Battle for Titan. Um, I, I can't. I attack on Titan. Yeah, it's it's stuck in my CD player and I can't get it out. I mean, it's like not the worst thing to have stuck there, but like right. it's the, just, the, that's really yeah. random. <laughs> yeah. Well, because he gave me he gave me a copy of it and I was like, oh, I gotta listen to this. And I was listening to it and I really enjoyed it. And then like 
um, just just today. Um, my kid uh, and I were driving somewhere and he was like, hey, what's in the CD player? I was like, that's a wonderful question. Let's figure it out. And I couldn't get it to come out. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no. And like it would come out for just a second so I could see it. And I was like trying to grab it. But it would like the, the CD player like grabbed it and pulled it back. I mean, the vehicle's like 15 years old. It's understandable. Like, it's, Oh, yeah. It doesn't want to release it. It's, it's, it's part of yeah. it now. Hey, if said it said if you're listening, man, that's how good your CD is, man. Your CD player yeah. won't. My CD player won't like let go. None shall change. There's exactly. a there's a uh, there's a like a, kind of like it's called the Aurora version of uh, some of their stuff lately. I, but I recently started listening to Breaking Benjamin again, uh, and they have like basically acoustic versions of a lot of their songs, and yeah. they sound really good. So if you haven't heard of any of the Aurora versions of like you know uh, So Cold or uh, Diary Jane, any of those, they're really well done. Highly recommend. I'll have to check them out. Man. Yeah, I have to check that out too. I always yeah. love I always love when bands do that. I, I love hearing alternate or acoustic versions of uh, of songs because oh, yeah. because it takes a a whole different level of skill to 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 pull it off, and and I feel like um, it can it can add just an entire different element. Like the example I use is um, first time I ever heard the acoustic version of Coheed and Cambria's "Welcome Home." Like that's well, I know the, that, that one. that's very good. That that's that's the version that made me a fan. Like I I had heard music before and I was like, oh yeah, they're dope. I, I like their sound. But hearing the 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 the, uh, the acoustic version they did on I think like MTV Unplugged or something, like it was like that's what made me a fan. That's what made me go, okay, I need to go all in and finally just purchase an album and, and check these guys out. Yeah, yeah. Like speaking, I mean, I've it's been widely discussed that Nirvana and the Foo Fighters are like my, my, two of my favorite bands of all time. Um, the never would have guessed. Yeah, right? Yeah. I've never, I've never I don't mentioned know. it. Never brought it up, you know? Um, Honestly, you don't even have to. Like, they just fit yeah. your personality pretty well, I think. I, oh. I, I would have guessed that, actually. I would have guessed Nirvana. And they probably would have guessed in my first, like, five or six guesses. Uh, <laughs> your other one there. I, I just, just what, what I know about you. Oh, that's very, that's very insightful. I guess that, that psych degree that you have is really paying off. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so, right? Um, they, two of their best albums, like, respectively, like, Nirvana's Unplugged album that they did in new york for mtv fucking phenomenal like it, it changes some of their songs that they were already famous for but then also you get some amazing covers out of them uh, but then also too with that uh the foo fighters do one called uh skin and bones which is an acoustic set uh that they played i actually got to see that live when they were recording it um just uh, awesome like you get to hear some of their their bigger songs acoustically and it, it changes the way they sound it, it's it gives like they, they have to sing it differently too because that's the other thing is like the, mm-hmm. the singer can't use the same tricks, so to speak. And it, yeah, it, I totally agree. Like, ab- absolutely. So that's a pretty good list, man. And not only that, you have no overlaps with anybody else. <laughs> I very really. So one thing you will also know about me is that is going to probably be the case on every single subject that I cover. I have a different way of looking and thinking about everything, which has its perks, but it also has its, you know, I can also be like very lost in like very common conversations just being like, I don't know what they're talking about right now. And everybody knows. <laughs> it's, so. it, well, honestly, diversity is not a bad thing, man. And you bring in a different ass, uh, like different perspective on things is welcome as far as I'm concerned. But like, as long as you're not just like spitting hot takes on our website, then we'll be all right, which you don't. <laughs> so we we've had this conversation like we 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 talk to people before they join ggr we don't just randomly grab anybody but like we're careful i guess is the best way oh yeah for saying it because as we all know this this community that we live in this geeky nerdy community can get a little 
um, hostile at times. Sure, and sure. We don't want to be the bearers of that hostility. We want to be, we want to cultivate a a, a group, a, a a culture, a place where everybody feels safe to talk about the things that they want to talk about. And that's, I mean, that's honestly why, man, like within a couple of conversations, within a couple of articles, I was like, yeah, this guy totally gets it. And I'm, dude, I'm super excited to see what else you're going to be bringing uh, to GGR. Um, again, to just the fact that you're, you're bringing a whole different like way of thinking. You're bringing things that like, we don't talk about as much. Like gaming has been something that is needed more attention and like little by little, we're getting more of it. Anime, anime was never a thing, but now all of a sudden it's starting to become a thing. And like, it's just awesome as somebody who has been here since day one, getting to watch this evolve and change and like seeing the new faces that are involved. So to MC and to you, Russ, man, I just, I appreciate what you guys are bringing to the table. Thank you. And, and thank you for having me. This has been, I've been looking for that. So, uh, you know, a little bit of history and you've probably seen it in any of my articles. I, I have on a couple of them, I've linked some, I used to be, uh, I used to do some let's plays with a really good friend of mine who, who does a uh, game reviews and let's plays. And uh, I've, I've guessed on a couple of his things and I've gone to, I, you know, I've kind of been a little bit of a, uh, sidekick at, at times <laughs> in uh, some videos and things and uh, always look for that outlet, but I've never really had, you know, something that kind of works on my own time schedule. Um, Cause if you're, especially with YouTube and such, if you're not doing it weekly, it's just, it's, you're never going to get anything. Uh, but right. it's, it's difficult to do, you know, especially with like recordings and playing, especially like doing like, you know, reviews of games and such uh, it's difficult cause it takes a lot of time to, to, play the game, edit, write, all that kind of stuff. And I would enjoy it, but I don't have the time and I don't have the ability to put stuff in. But like articles, podcasts, this is much more uh, fits into my lifetime, my life, my schedule. And it's something I can definitely be very passionate about. So I appreciate you guys giving me the outlet and um, just kind of begging off your, you know, don't be a juice bag comments. I mean, anyone... <laughs> I am very big on, and anyone who follows me on Facebook too, uh, you will also see, again, I have a political science background. I have a politics background and such. I am very big on being very respectful in conversation and trying to bring up tough topics sometimes. And I think that's the thing, that that word, respect, has been lost. And I'm really excited to be with a group of people that uh, really value that, value respect, and understand that that is important. Uh, in our culture, in our lives, in our dialogue, in, our, in the way we approach things. And I think that, you know, any time we can can foster more respect on any subject, but especially things that can have some charge to them, like, you know, um, nostalgia, comics, uh, even politics and such too. But like, um, anytime we can get some civility and respect back to that thing, I think it's a really important uh, step. So thank you. I appreciate being here. Of course, man. We're, we are glad to have you. So, that is going to do it for the welcome aboard episode of GGR for our new friend, Russ Brown. Oh, last question. Where the hell did the name Opaque Senator come from? <laughs> um, so, again, going back to my my friend's Let's Play channel, um, I, our first Let's Play, it was a group of friends from college, uh, different from the group uh, that, Steve, that Steve was part of. But um, my friend who lives in Philly, he, he's, again, he's got a, just, I think, a little over 400,000 subscribers on his review channel. And so he's wow. pretty big. Uh, he's he's doing really well for himself. Uh, but we guested on a uh, a let's a couple of let's plays. Each of the three of us did a let's play for his channel. But we weren't really sure we wanted to have our names attached to anything, so we had to come up with some kind of hashtag and handle to go by. And that was kind of what I went by, and I really liked it. <laughs> I, and the idea behind the name is, you know, obviously I'm a political science guy, so senator. But opaque is obviously something that's not very clear. 
Yeah. That's why I like my, my tagline in a lot of my articles is going, hey, I'm trying to make these opaque things a little bit more clear, a little more easy to see. So I thought it had a nice little um, meaning and a ring to it. Wow. Thanks, man. At some point, we'll, um, when, like when we're not on the air, because I don't want to give away his real name, um, but MC Brooks uh, and I had a similar, because he had like, we were going to a convention. It was the first con that we had gotten into. And um, I forgot that MC Brooks is his stage name. And I put that I put that on the the list for like who was getting a press pass, right? So he shows yeah. up to get this press pass, and he's like, uh, "Yeah, so here's my name." And they're like, "We don't have a list for that." And he's like, "Mother, Mike told me there was a what?" And like he called me and he was like, "What's going on with this?" And I was like, "Oh shit, that's right, that's not your real name." <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> so yeah, it's I these days I don't care like if people know who I am. I, I have enough content and I have enough of a presence out there that you know. Th- but I think it's cool still to have a, a handle and a, and a hashtag to go by and a and something and, and you know it's my Twitter name. It's I've used a bunch of different names over the years for different things, but Opaque Center has kind of been the one that's that's stuck around the most. And um, you know my DDR videos are under that name and all that kind of stuff. Anyone wants to see me play? I have some videos on YouTube of me playing DDR and pump it up and that stuff. And um, if you go check out my friends, uh, my friend's channel, uh, I, I did guest on a review for him on his, some call me Johnny channel. Uh, it was the Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories review. So you'll see me if you want to see what it looked like. And then uh, <laughs> a bunch of Let's Plays on his on his Let's Play channel. So that's where I started and branching out now. Good stuff, man. Well, we are again, we are happy to have you here uh, on the Great Geek Refuge. Guys, check out the website. It's greatgeekrefuge.com. Check out Russ's stuff. If you go to articles... Uh, he had video games pretty much is like where he lives uh, but he also did the episode reviews of uh, Star Trek Picard with me so we discussed that but he's also been on a couple of podcasts with us already as well so if you want to go back and check those out he was on the Mike on the Mic episode where we talked about Star Trek Picard but he was also on another one where we talked about video games I can't remember exactly which one it was but I know it's there Uh, so either way you can find them there but guys for everybody here at the Great Geek Refuge thank you again for listening Uh, hopefully our nonsense and geekery that we discuss is giving you some sort of entertainment and joy uh, in this awful quarantine time that we're living in Uh, stay safe, keep your hands washed wear those masks and above all don't be a juice bag Thank you for listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Make sure you check out our website, greatgeekrefuge.com, for all of our awesome articles and wonderful podcasts.
This has been Pirate Radio Network production, Juice Bags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy. <laughs>